0: This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 417, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I saw the light on the night that I passed by her window I saw the flickering
1: shadows of love on her blind.
0: And went out of my mind. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 417. I am Josh Flanagan, and with me are Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Paul Montgomery. Happy New Year. Welcome to the new year. Welcome. I feel I'm 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 not feeling rusty. I'm feeling glad to be back.
2: A little we're bit right? of little bit of iFanboy trivia. This is our first show of 2014.
1: And also the we're entering our ninth year of podcasting.
2: Doesn't Boy. it only feels like I've been doing it for not even a year, really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah, we are iFanboy. fanboy. We like comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics. Well, some weeks you don't. Not, I don't know if it qualifies as a bunch. Uh, one of us picks the one that is the best book they read. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that, other books from the week, and some other stuff. Uh, sometimes even more stuff, um, and and maybe some goofy nonsense. How do we how do we
2: categorize a week like this one? The bounties of. The first week of 2014. Uh, I just thank
0: my lucky stars that I'm not Connor. Well, <laughs> I, I thought about almost canceling the
1: show because there's only like five but books on you know it. Yeah. Uh, but I figured we are professionals and we'll do the show regardless of how many books come out uh, unless it's yeah. our vacation weeks. And next week, I looked at the list. We're going to be crying because they're putting everything else out next week. So, oh, so Yeah, they
2: um,
0: are. I'm a one-hour comic book iron pants. Let's do this. <laughs> so, Before we get to the show, uh, there's going to be spoilers for the... I don't know how you wouldn't three, have read the book. Books, yeah, there'd be some spoilers. We're going to spoil the hell out of them because we're going to have to stretch it out. So if you haven't. <laughs> this week, so
2: anemic, to... we had to get a book from a previous week to talk about that <laughs> later on. And,
0: and Connor agreed to that. That's how bad that is. So if you haven't read your books and that's a thing, come back after you have or pause. Just pause it. Pause it until the battery on your device now dies down.
2: Now that we've really built up the week, what is the pick?
0: Connor.
1: Well, it's funny. I was thinking about this earlier, and it's not often that I'm surprised when I'm reading comics. You know, we, I, I've been reading them for a long time. We've been doing this for, job for a long time, and you know, we read a lot of comics. But I was genuinely surprised reading The Flash twenty six because just recently we were talking about how, uh, for the most part, DC doesn't really take the artistic chances that Marvel does, and they tend to have a very, I um, don't well, say boring house style. We're going to talk about that in the, with the next book, but. Uh with the Flash twenty six we have the new creative team of Christos Gage on writing and Neil Googge, which is an awesome name to say on art. Gage and Googe. And uh, you know, while Neil googe is not by any, any means, you know, radical in his art, it's very much not a traditional DC style, at least what they've been doing for the last couple of years. And I was very happy to see an artist like him on The Flash because he brings a lot of, you know, here's the pun energy to the book. Mm-hmm. And uh it was tons of fun to read. And I think one of the problems people have had with the previous two years of The Flash with Francis Manipal and Brian Bucoleto on writing and art was that, um, you know, they're they're relatively novice writers. They're not complete novices, but they, you know, they were learning as they went. You could you could read that in the book. Here you've got a professional, you know, veteran like Gage on the book and there was a lot to love in it. I thought those was great characterizations. It was a great one and done story. If you left The Flash and think what you want to come back on, this is a great issue to jump onto. You learn all you need to know about Barry Allen in this issue about his powers, about who he is, uh, and it was a bit more upbeat. I thought one of the things that sort of hung over the Flash and also the next book we're going to talk about was that it was two years of very somber stories, mm. whereas this this was just a lot of fun. Um, this is just Barry Allen saving the day against a bunch of Sky Pirates, which is awesome. Sky Pirates are an awesome concept, always. And uh, I just thought it was a it was a lot of fun, and it was really just nice to read a fun Flash story again, which I felt like I hadn't read in a while
0: was like a B-12 shot. That's, a, that's a book that should be fun, I feel like. Yes. That's, that's one of the characters I don't really need him to go dark. And similar, I, I
1: similar to the – we talked about with this with Daredevil recently with Wade really exploring his powers. We also had Gage, you know, delving into the Flash's powers here where he runs in a cloud because there's certain kind of clouds of crystals in them. And he's able to use that for traction And as he chases the sky pirates. And it was just – it was a lot of fun to explore that. And as you know, Flash falling out of a plane and having to save himself because the JLA is off on a mission. He can't call on Superman to save the day. So he's got to create, you know – Wind underneath him to 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 land. It's just I thought it was really fun. Flash comic. You know, it was a great. One, this,
2: one. You know, it, you go to Flash's roots as a science hero, and that's it's just coming right full circle. You know, talking about the crystals and the clouds and stuff like that, and and phasing through objects and things. And would Superman be faster in these situations and whatever? And um, really, I think the story here is is Gouge. Yeah. Um I I, I thought Manipole was great and would be a tough act to follow. So who do you get to to follow that? And would it be just like a house styled you know, New 52 kind of artist and complete curveball, it's somebody totally different. Reminding me a lot of the earlier work of Freddie E. Williams. Yeah. Um like when he was more on more Robin. Fluid. More yeah, fluid. yeah, yeah. But um but I mean in that in that same sort of ballpark. And I was a big fan of that. Um Freddie E. Williams has sort of like shifted his style a little bit in recent years. But um this is sort of a callback to that I think and. You know, I, I I'm curious to see what the next issue is, because, are, you know, is it going to be more episodic like this or are we going to get into more of the longer arcs and stuff? And I, I'm cool if they decide to do episodic for a bit and just have fun with it and do these lighter stories
1: i mean it's it's sort of a classic new creative team issue where you come on and they get to tell their story to define their world before they get into their whatever story they're going to tell so but I, I can see it going either way, but I thought this was just a hell of a lot of fun and I know a lot of people dropped off the flash in the last two years if you have and you like the character, I'd say come back now for or check this issue out see if you you like the feel of it because it is a definitely a different feel yeah. than the for, than the and as last much as two years. as much as i like I like the last two years, but this was this was yeah. a good.
2: No, as as I, they were sort of like a little bit uneven, but I think there was some real there was some really good stuff in that run. But um, I think what I'm excited about right now is is Gage's take on the Rogues, um, who have been much darker lately. So I wonder if you know this this same sensibility is going to extend to the rest of the Flash's world, and we'll get a return to the the, the funnier Rogues that that I grew to love. Right.
1: I thought where I thought, so go ahead. from what i I feel like he, we've seen him before
0: I'm but, gonna look that up, but you discuss okay. what you
1: I say. really enjoy Paul, I really like the sequence where you know the flash is chasing the plane, it's taking off, and he runs up the side of the downed helicopter up the propeller, leaps, and then phases through the wall, kind of like Kitty pride, yeah, and lands I, th- I think it's just a great use of his powers to really and, and explore, not necessarily. What a guy that fast to do because he could do anything, but just the w- different ways he can utilize that speed and you know just different ways we haven't necessarily seen before, manball did that a little bit with the yeah r- running up the buildings and things well, like i like that.
2: the I like the idea that you know the flash is like, well, you know what this is a personal vendetta for me and I want to catch this person, but she's up in the air now. And I've sort of missed my opportunity. They want to call on the justice league. (laughs) And then they don't have any flyers for him. So he's like, well, maybe you will get that plane and we'll go after it. And then they're like, well, what are you going to do? You can run really fast on the ground. He's like, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Um, And I think that's that, I don't know. That's a, that's a great take on the character. A very likable flash. Yeah. I thought, um, I think Gage, Gage is a, is a,
1: he's a good writer good he's... writer
0: i think he does superheroes really well like he gets that that sort of uh i don't know that, that last sentence you just said i'm going to try you know that's mm-hmm. that feels very correct and uh you know he, he's he's come on and do a lot of done a lot of good work here and there there's never he's as i can think did he do avengers academy that's him yeah, right yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean and that's one of those things like sort of like he's kind of like uh like gil simone in that respect i suppose mm-hmm. like he's got like he'll do a run of something and 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 people will be really into that that thing for a while but there hasn't been like a big epic run or anything i like,
2: really i really I'm enjoyed what he did on avengers arena um no i i, I really enjoyed that and um avengers arena avengers, <laughs> avengers academy which then turned into avengers arena i love them both um so
0: speaking speaking of of uh Gale Simone and that he was the artist on Welcome to Tranquility with gail Oh, I like that book. Okay. A lot. He did he did Wildstorm stuff. He did Majestic and then he did uh he did with Christos Gage. He did um a, a Wildcat World's End series. Uh, that makes series. sense
1: cuz they have, you know, they seem to work well together. Yep. is someone that DC should utilize. He's uh just just different enough from the mainstream to be interesting but also really has an exciting style. It yep. works well for the Flash. Gage and Googe. Gage and Googe
0: that's also nice too
1: <laughs> now on um, one of the other books that changed creative teams this week was aquaman 26 this was uh jeff parker uh well jeff changed writers jeff parker is the new writer it's still paul pelletier in art with the co-artist uh who i don't have in front of me as i load the issue on my ipad um and i actually really liked the story in this a lot i thought in the same way this was a more fun aquaman then aquaman really also was down in the dumps for most of the last two years and i mean that in a to tone way it was very somber Mm -hmm. all that war happening and people constantly being killed and captured but i thought parker brought a lot of his Parker quality to the story i liked the bickering relationship between mira and aquaman i liked the sort of game of thrones-esque council that was meeting while aquaman was away i liked a lot of the stuff i thought where it hurt the book was in the art um i thought it was just sort of very pedestrian looking
2: yeah, I mean, coming into this, I was hoping for, I was really, I've been really excited for, for Jeff Parker's run on this, and, and I, you know, I'm still going to be following it, but I think coming into it, I wanted, maybe I was expecting something like a, uh, a clean slate, just a new I think you, you,
1: you in an art team to go with a new writer, I think.
2: Yeah. You,
0: you wanted something that made it feel like it was different than all of the DC books that you have come to feel Basically, the, yeah. about. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say uh, from a standpoint of uh, there was a couple of things that I thought were kind of cool was his big uh, whatever the big Leviathan beast was. I was like, no, art on that was pretty strong. And also like it was a strong it was a strong uh, sort of concept. to have. I I was like, this is this is good. This is the right way. A giant sea beast that they have to fight. That's, you know, and you get to put in that scale to it in the, you know, right, right away from the beginning when they were like, did you get through the uh, the carapace? And I was like, that's going to be interesting right away. Like, that'll be fun to, to watch, get drawn and, and to have that little adventure that goes through. And you know, this is going to become his sea beast buddy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about that. They, I like they, the idea
2: they, of he goes so high up into the sky yeah. and he's going to, and he's going to zoom back down and he doesn't fly, but like that, that velocity is going to turn into yep. the biggest punch he ever gave. And then that didn't even phase the creature. And then he tries to communicate with it and he's taken into like another world. And, uh, you know, good playing with the Aquaman power set.
0: That's a that's a that's a signature sort of Parkerism, I think. Yes, to it me. Is. So when he came on to do like like Thunderbolts, you saw him sort of utilizing all those characters in a different way. And when he had that sort of alternate uh, universe of of Marvel people, then you got to see a different sort of take on these. And, and so he's got that kind of, and I've said this before, that sort of Mark Waidian uh, sort of look at, at yeah. how these powers work, sort of a fresh way. Uh, to to play in in the world. I'm I don't care about Aquaman. I never have in my life. Um, but I'm kind of a follow Jeff Parker to whatever he writes now. Uh, thing. So uh, like I I enjoyed it fine. I think the art was definitely what you're saying. Well,
1: I think it would have. I think I really feel like you would have liked it more had been a new different art team. Oh yeah, more I dynamic, mean, more dynamic art team. I, I really I really liked the tone of it. I really liked the characterization. I thought it was a little bit funny parts, which Aquaman usually isn't. And uh, Mara and Aquaman have that great sort of bickering couple thing. That yeah, Jordan you know, I, just, I i
2: think the script is great, and I and I think that there's there's definitely room for it to turn into something really special. I think sort of the I'm, the the existing art team trying to look past that and say, well, what could this feel like? I don't and, think the art was bad. No, the, it's, and just I want serviceable, it's just which is familiar. In, in excite,
1: yeah, didn't excite at all.
0: Yeah, and I think that when you look at the other books that we. Not that we're all the same, but the things that we've been enjoying from DC are the ones that made a departure on 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 the art style. Oh, the, I think well, I
1: read Flash and Aquaman back to back, and I think it really stood out that Flash is the more I don't want to say edgy art style, but the more experimental, slightly experimental art style, where this seems very much DC house style, which is so somewhat servicemen like.
0: I don't know, serviceable. Uh, I don't know where man. they think that some little town in Maine has such a multicultural <laughs> population, I know, I know. but.
1: Uh, <laughs> I thought about that too. Fish. I feel like the fishermen would be
0: burlier, like they're wearing yeah, jeans no, and t-shirts. Like, I, I just read this part and I was like, none of these people look like they're from Maine. <laughs> but but I do think that he got the tone right. Was like, don't know. I'm not going to tell you. Nope. Nope. uh The fishermen walking the street carrying the nets are just. They look like they were. Those don't. I could. I could have sent him some reference <laughs> for that.
1: it was like not more uh, facial hair, baseball cap.
2: Well, he's yeah, gonna yeah. get the beard back, right? right. That, that's the, that's one of the things is Aquaman's is gonna he? get his beard. I think that was, I heard he that had it back ago.
1: in the last issue. For a re- it was a joke, like he was asleep, he was in a coma and he
0: woke up with his beard. And then everybody told him to shave it. Oh. This is one of those things that I actually really enjoyed because I haven't been reading it. And I really, I always enjoy being thrust back into a superhero story after not knowing what's going on and right. like having that be, which I know is the exact opposite of how all comic book readers feel, but I like putting together the world that they, they put up halfway through because that reminds me of reading of starting to read comics.
1: I, I like the cover and actually I want to back up one second and talk about Flash again and I thought this, the only thing I didn't like about the issue was that the cover did a disservice to the book and that, you know, it's not Brett Booth drawing the comic and Brett Booth is not like Alex Ross where there's a added bonus to having him do the cover. It's, it's not just it that it's a different artist, feel. it's
2: a completely different sensibility.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But here I like the cover a lot. It was a... It was a great, I mean, it was very sort of in-your-face cover.
2: Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 10, one of the, like, four Marvel books that came out this week. This is still a thing? This is still th- it's just mean, a thing. weird. I guess it is. I just, it's a is weird it hodgepodge of a book. It's Brian Michael Bendis is the writer, and they've had a couple different artists, and Francisco Francovia did an issue. This one, Kevin Maguire, is kind of why I'm talking yeah. about it, because um, Kevin Maguire was going to draw Justice League 3000, Yep. Um. And then they booted them for probably no good reason. And uh, and I guess Brian Michael Bendis said, "Hey, come on over and and you did. It actually
1: happened on Twitter. Yeah, probably. And yeah. check
2: out check out Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, it's a bit of um an outing with Gamora and uh, and Angela, who's in the book for some weird reason. This this book because
1: you draws sexy ladies. That's yeah.
2: Hard. No, but I mean like Angela. I mean Angela being in the book at all and oh. Angela. Angel's presence in this book predates Kevin Maguire coming to it. Does it
1: still have the horrible coloring?
2: The coloring is a little weird on the Kevin Maguire stuff. Like, this isn't, you know, the, we've seen Kevin Maguire look a lot better. But, His
1: personal colorist is a problem.
2: But, uh, I don't know that... Draw some nice lips. He's uh, a great artist,
1: but <laughs> the... Really me off, but
2: and he he I th- I think he had a, he has a good handle on these on these characters and it's weird it's surreal seeing Kevin McGuire doing these sort of weird deep cut kind of Marvel characters. Um, you're so used to seeing you know the you know the Martian Manhunter and and all that stuff and, um, so, but this was this you know uh, this series is sort of figuring out what it wants to be and what it is. What um, it is
1: is a placeholder till the movie comes out. It's
2: a placeholder till the movie comes out. But what I what I am excited about coming up. They're having a crossover with All New X-Men, of all things. Oh, which Brian Michael Bendis is also <laughs> writing. It's the trial of Jean Grey. And I'm kind of curious to see all of those characters mixed. And since All New X-Men is a really great book and we've all really been enjoying it, I think maybe it would be a good influence on this book not that this book has been bad it's just sort of like rudderless it's just it's i mean it it's sort of working like in service to infinity and all the political machinations going on in there um but yeah it it kind of feels like they're they're floating waiting until that movie comes out and and uh but they're really going for the um the likenesses <laughs> on some of these characters.
1: Well, that's what happened to the Avengers, it's going to happen to Guardians of the Galaxy too. Eventually they're all going to look like the movie people.
2: I'm not I'm not so big on Star-Lord's new like motocross look, but um So do you hear uh, Bradley Cooper in your head when you
1: see when you read Rocket Raccoon? Certainly
2: dialogue? do not, Connor. I don't. <laughs> I hear Jerry Burns.
1: This week was the uh they released the first real photo from the movie, which was interesting. Yeah, which
2: they leaked like months ago and said, "Whoa, no, say- no 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 no." But now it's I, uh, out
0: officially. I, one of the cliches of uh, comic book movies and TV shows now is that people are like, I can't believe that there's actually this. Yeah. Which is silly because there's been a lot of them. But I saw that photo and I was like, I can't believe that that's actually the thing that's happening. It's the raccoon, really, right? It's, it was, no, no it. it's the whole thing. It was a moderately popular comic book series. Yeah. Uh, Even recently. It was We all liked it. It was good. But it wasn't. It was. It wasn't great, and it wasn't. Which
2: are we talking about? Appen and landing?
0: Guardians of the Galaxy. Like yeah, I just. I would argue that Larry. that's
2: great. I would argue that run is great.
0: It's very good. I think it's a, it's a it's like a. Either way, it wasn't very popular. I guess that's more. Yeah, that's not yeah. More. I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it wasn't groundbreaking. It wasn't. It was really very good, but it wasn't so good that that would trump the fact that it's just an odd property. I and feel like I, this I, is
1: Marvel drunk with power, and if they pull it off, then it's just going to get nuts over there.
0: Yeah, I agree, which will be great to see. <laughs> yes,
1: no, I'm, I'm not saying that d- in a derogatory manner at all. But and we're if... going to
0: start to see movies that are like the weird spin-off series and things that they've been doing, and I, I'm all for that, because you really get some fun stuff out of that. But like, like, what, what's weirder than Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy? Testament,
1: what's weirder than Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, I'm sure we can find many... I mean, you know, like, was, like the
2: She-Hulk as a lawyer? You Jim know, will get his Rom the Ram. Space Knight movie, and yeah.
1: then... You know, Beta Raid Bill. There's all kinds of... You can go deep into into this thing. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. pretty weird. I'm not saying this isn't that weird. It's, it's really weird. weird. But there's even fewer, less popular characters. Star A Star Fox movie. The, the Titans? Know. Right. Although so. they're
0: doing Thanos. It's I mean, theoretic. Star Fox is Thanos' brother. True. I mean, isn't he? I don't know. I believe so. Yeah, I think you're right. I believe um, that's
2: true.
0: Every once in a while, you think that I'm not the guy who knows some shit. You have that small window of, like, <laughs> early 90s Avengers knowledge. Yep. Well, and, and, and there's bits of it in the 80s from when I started reading. Star Fox is all up in that. Oh, Star Fox is awesome. Superman Unchained number five. Um, He's not to be confused with Eros, though. No. I feel like this is going to
1: read really well in trade because it's the delays are so long, I, f- I forget what's happening in it every time.
2: It's it's a little bit of a problem. Um. But, like
1: every time, every time I gotta remember who this giant guy is with Superman and why, he, why he's there, I always usually do by the end, but but it's by the end, so you know, I'm not getting the full impact of the story.
0: The I really the, happy this. to see
2: Dustin Gwynn, yes, yes. those look uh, great. That flashback sequence don't need too, any yeah. kind of recap for that. The Dustin Gwynn stuff that reads fine, yeah. I,
0: I like this a lot, but. Um, I don't see like the I, the idea of it was it was, you know, like this is going to be the big, great Superman story. Yeah. And it's not that it's an interesting Superman story, but it feels like an else world story. And it's it's interesting to watch these two characters interact with each other and try to figure it out. Also, I, do, I mean,
1: I do like it as I mean, so refresh my memory. I could be wrong. This guy. What is his name again? Rass race Wraith. Wraith. He came down in 1939, so he's kind of like the Superman analog, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he was grabbed by the military instead of the kindly old Kent. He was also
2: one of the atomic bombs. Right. So
1: I did like that he is forced Superman to look at himself. You know, I liked the sequence where he says, all right, you got friends and now you got a, you got a girl you like now, but look at well, 10 years down the road, what's it going to be like? And then you see them all older, although Lois gets really old in 10 years. Yes, she um, does.
0: Well, she's living hard.
1: Uh, it's a lot of cigarettes and coffee. And then look 10 years more down the line, 10 years more. And and I I like that aspect of making Clark sort of face the reality of his life. The
0: the, the newspapers won't exist anymore. (laughs) Even though it's a life
1: that we'll never see in the comics, it's a life that he has to to contend with. and,
0: And Jim Lee has also never seen a real pair of glasses. Um, oh, that it's makes. a it's glasses. a it's a
2: great sequence and it's and it's kind of kind of creepy and and yeah. makes you think a little bit. I I like the idea that the Clark keeps going to the office even when it's like run What's down going and on? <laughs> the cobwebs and stuff, and still putting on makeup to uh, to That's fool cool. people that are are have been dead for years. Um, that was cool. I I don't know. I think I really do
1: think I'm going to enjoy this more when I read it all at once. Um but for now I mean, I am enjoying it Month.
2: I think he has I think he has a great handle on, on the characters. It's not a Superman character that, yeah. that is grating on me. Um which it's it's because they're 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 becoming fewer and farther between though, the Superman characters that I don't like. Because we've got Pac over at Action Comics and a lot of and great S- stuff. Superman and and Batman. Super, and yeah, and Adventures of Superman and, and this, I, did, so.
1: I did kind of giggle when uh, the guy. I liked the guys who had the, the the masks that could project any face. But then when he when he was wearing Lois, his dad's face, and then he then he showed his real face, and it was kind of the same face, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did just different hair. But I did kind of giggled. Maybe not that, the that was lost on me a work. little bit. No, I don't think this is the best thing. I I I don't think this is the best thing for him. Meaning, I I don't know if him and him and Scott Snyder mesh extraordinarily well. Uh. Basically, there's a there's a there's a lot of standing and talking. Yeah, there's a lot of it, and that doesn't really showcase what I think you're coming along for Jim Lee for.
2: Do you wish Capullo was drawing this, or someone else, or just Dustin Gwynn the whole time, or Capullo does a better job
0: with it? Yeah, Capullo can do those. There are moments
2: moments. where I was like, the sequence with you know the aging stuff is is really interesting, but imagine if it was someone who had a better, you know, was more simpatico with. With Snyder's just, you know,
0: it's honestly, uh, if you look at the layouts as you go through it, they're not all that interesting or dynamic. There, there is a the thing when you have to have talking scenes in comics; you really can't get around it. Yeah. But if you look at those pages, there's there's nothing to them that says I'm putting something into this to make it
2: more. Michael interesting.
1: is really good at that. He does yes. find ways to make the conversations that are happening interesting, dynamic. You know, he zooms in and out on you know. You know, I like Jim Lee. He's he's a good art. You know, he's a legend. He he's rightfully so, but he's not right for this this story.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: I don't know. If, I don't know. If he's the right guy for Scott Snyder's scripts. Yeah. Um, he does what he does really well. I don't. I don't know that he does. This is what he does should be doing this story.
0: Kind yeah. of story But um, uh, it also yeah, looks
1: much better in the first in the beginning than, than it does now. As as is the you case. can see, you can see the much heavier inking. Mm-hmm. You know, influence of the inkers on here.
0: But you know as Josh said I do I do like it. I am enjoying it. like I yeah. I I like a Superman story, you know?
1: I like the uh, I thought the flashback was great and the the second part was particularly shocking when crazy old guy hit Martha in the face with a shotgun. That's
0: not agree. I was like no, you don't hit Martha Kent in the face with a shotgun. No. I like that. I, like, is this is this canon? Sure. I mean I guess that all it it's always, whatever it is whatever. Yeah. But like it you know it's it's making real you know the, there was a dude who figure who saw Superman flying? There, you know, who shot at them? You know, we, there's a good cliffhanger there. Yeah. There's there's gonna be some collateral somehow. I unless he you know makes him uses use special forget magic.
1: He's gonna kiss him. Yeah. Isn't that what he did in Superman Two, two or whatever he did? Yes. Just,
0: yeah. Have sex with him. He could spin the earth backwards. <laughs> He's gotta have sex with that crazy old farmer. <laughs> that <laughs> listen, you know
1: what? Listen, Clark, we uh, we talk about this. You're gonna have to do it. I don't want to. <laughs>
0: Have sex got, with him. Do it now. He's got scabies. He's crawling in his hair. So you guys uh, will remember that I've talked about Baltimore quite a bit. <sighs> and I think that at the beginning of this story was the one where I was a little like, okay, let's get on with it. This is another number uh, one. It is, but that's how they do it. It's just a series of, of – it's really a series of one-shots and, like, a two issue minis they're not yeah, even this like is long a, this drawn does feel out. like
2: a continuation to the ones that they've been doing so yeah no
0: it is because it's basically been baltimore on the on the tail of of this character whose name i cannot remember but he's the one with the one red eye
2: he was the guy that that killed his what her turned his yeah, Baltimore's yeah wife and yeah yeah
0: um and but the good news is that uh as i was getting to the end of it i i saw it, it appears that the final confrontation will be happening yes which is good cuz they've time for that. Um this there's not really enough to this story um outside basically it's it's one man's quest for revenge against a vampire. This is an issue
2: where it's very much setting up the pieces on the board mm-hmm. so that we can get to the final confrontation like in this one like the 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 bad guy the 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 vampire that basically made baltimore who he is mm-hmm. um and and you know sent him on this this revenge spree killing all these other vampires and starting this whole thing. Um, And I like how they recounted that. And that's that's sort of the book. They also suggested that Baltimore had had had
0: a a hand in creating that one whose name is not in this book, I don't think. Right.
2: Um, He's like, let's get I got all Baltimore's friends from this pub and I got them all in one place. I'm going to kill all of them. And even though I'm on my way out um that'll be my sort of like last you know thumb at the nose to Baltimore and because I hate that guy as I was sleeping I was a vampire I was I was like in vampire hibernation and then Baltimore had to go and stir things up and so this is this is it this curtains for you Baltimore <laughs> didn't quite uh, work. didn't quite um
0: work. so when I got to the end and I and I see oh they're both in the same room together it says to be concluded. I thought, all right, good. Let's do. It. It's time for that. It feels so. You're enjoying really yourself. Good. I am enjoying it, but we were we were getting to the we were getting to the point where like, does this movie need to be three hours long? It was like that. Um, and I enjoyed it. I really liked the the story about the um the crazed priest who I think was in the beginning of this one. Uh, who was like the the uh, inquisitor kind of guy? I like this
2: story too. That guy was. Uh, I like
0: that one a lot. More interesting
2: and, than just a vampire.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, it was, it was time to get on with it. I really like Ben, Ben Stenbeck a lot. He's like, he's like a nice combination of sort of a Mignola style artist along with, um, like Peter Snaberg or something like that.
2: Um, that's exactly what he is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it's been very consistent the whole way through. So it's been, it's been fun. And of course, you've got the, you've got the, you've got Dave Stewart in there, but we're not going to mention that (laughs) because that was so um, 2013. Yeah. I know. Uh, but uh, it's good, but it's time, basically. So hopefully, if, if there's another adventure, or there's something else that goes on, they have a different direction to go with it. Because the Wild Hunt thing is... Actually, that's a Hellboy book.
2: More, uh, more Sledgehammer 44. I'm ready to move yeah. over to that stuff. <clears throat> a bit of so, rest.
0: you probably are wondering, how can I help support more of this riveting show? <laughs> hey, <laughs> jerk. It, and, if, and if you're wondering it like that with any kind of attitude, Connor thinks you're a jerk. Um, as always, um, we want to actually thank everybody for helping support the show uh, in the ways you have. But if, if you uh, want to keep doing that, uh, you can make it easy for you. Go to ifimbo.com slash Amazon, uh, and you can buy all of the stuff that you buy through Amazon. But we get a little little tiny piece of that. Hope to make that easy on you. We know that in the the best part of the holidays, and this is going to sound horrible and selfish, is going to buy all the stuff that no one got you. Oh yeah afterwards and 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 using your gift cards and things like that so if you want to do that through our little uh, our little hub uh, we really appreciate that it actually helps out a ton so keep that up and you don't have to do anything uh, you can also go to ifAcom slash registration if you want to contribute directly to the show um, you can either do three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year or or a contribution of your own choosing uh, regardless of the size um, and that is a way that you can just make sure that this uh, keeps going forward It pays our our bills it keeps the things running and it, and it makes this show keep going uh and, and 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 it's all up to you so that's very helpful and we really appreciate everybody who did that uh for the last year you guys uh means a lot to us um yes. so let's keep doing that going forward yes what what would you what did you buy
1: uh myself yeah did you buy anything i have not done that yet just because really? i have only been i've i've the Kilpatrick Inn has been full for two weeks.
2: I
0: see.
1: And I, uh, see. I haven't had a moment to really focus on that. But uh, there's a, I've got a couple of things on my list. Okay. Okay. So
2: that's, well, I, that's all. I imagine I didn't, didn't, get, I'm episodes. not very materialistic, so I didn't. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, I got the Zatuichi set from Criterion. Pretty awesome. Been watching that. 25 movies about a blind masseuse samurai.
0: Like, I would never finish that.
2: Yeah. Like, Never. Twenty-five it's dedication, movies. you know. Yeah, yep. I know. I know. There's three per disc, so you put the one disc in, and then you get three movies right there. So that takes now, out some you of the just, time. Do you just sit there and watch them, or do you do other things? I do other it's, stuff. If it's,
0: if it's subtitled, that
2: makes that harder. That does make it harder. Um, so sometimes so I you have to rewind and moves. watch it over again. Yeah. Because like like I'm not fluent. You're not? Conversation, I'm not? I'm not conversational either.
0: I thought that was part of the conversation we had when we brought you on. <laughs> Make sure you were completely fluent in Japanese. I guess not. That's fine.
2: Um, GI Joe number twelve. Twelve. GI Joe number twelve by that reps scallion Paul Allor. Uh, I know Paul. Um, so get that out of the way right in the beginning. But and I'm not a GI Joe guy, but I wanted to check it out because Paul Allor hey. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm not old enough. He's taken so, over. I own GI Joes. Um, You're I Taking think over
0: it, for Van Lenti, right? Wasn't Van Lenti on this series? You don't even know right. that. I don't
2: know. I'm not a GI right. Joe guy, but you know. But anyway, he's going to be doing. He's doing a sort <laughs> of a two issue sort of history of Cobra Commander, and nice. I know Cobra Commander, and yeah, he's wants a man. And then he's going to do. <laughs>
0: <Such> <laughs> it's really just on.
2: so you guys can do these impressions, and then <laughs> and then two more issues after that. So he'll be doing four issues overall. At any point
1: in this story, is he going to turn into a snake man?
2: He's just wearing sort a, of a bandana in front of his face at this point when they talk about the Commander. We can only hope.
0: However, I will say uh that I read this yeah. and I I really it took me in some places I did not expect to go.
2: There it's was, about was... PR for despots who can live for <laughs> centuries. Like that's sort of what it's about. It's like they're you know the cobra is sort of a global power at this point. The, and This is a
0: compliment, but it's not going to sound like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. This was
2: very smart,
0: and I was like, wow, you're really... He was not taking a commercial approach to telling the story of... That's of kind Cobra of the Man. point that
2: I wanted to make, was that like Paul Eller has written stuff for G.I. Joe now, and before that, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So he's like this this work-for-hire, licensed property stuff, but he doesn't write it that way. He writes it yeah, like it's a creator-owned project. He writes were, it with the same level of Not
0: Century uh, pirate Cobra Commander. And, and, and uh, was it 1915? Yeah, 1915 uh, World War One prison camp, Cobra Commander. So
1: Cobra Commander's like Swamp Thing. It
0: feels a bit like that. It's it's, it's a, it's a bunch of
2: vignettes it. to different periods in history, basically where Cobra Commander makes friends and then is or a Or Doctor dick.
0: Who. Is it the mm. same
1: guy? That Cobra Commander is like a, a, a office. It's unclear. Mm.
2: I think it's like the, it's about the myth. So we could still man. have
1: a Snake Man. I, I there was the always
2: question. hope for Snake Man. What man was the just name just of, like that, of that? in it. And...
1: Of Josh, what was the name of that land?
0: Oh,
2: I la
1: don't know. Cobra la la, la la la
0: Cobra la. Cobra, la, la. Cobra, that was the right. group. But who, what was the name of anyway? I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to remember. I, I haven't remembered for a reason. He was once a man.
2: <laughs> so. But it's all—it's all these sort of anecdotes about how Cobra Commander was sort of a jerk to yeah. different people, and it's a little bit of his art of war. Sort of like his philosophy about dealing with your enemies,
1: and is it just to yell at them and call them incompetent? He
2: kills. He go. He like a guy dies to to get him out of a prison camp, and then he goes to deliver a message to that guy's son. He delivers the message, and then he kills the kid, <laughs> which seems antithetical. It does. It's
0: like a
1: waste of time to go all the way out there to deliver the message.
2: But it's they're making a point, and I and I like the idea that they're on this this campaign going around the world telling people like spreading the gospel of Cobra Commander and and. Public relations and stuff. So, um, I'm I'm still kind of hoping at the end of this that it's just roadblock carrying a snake around. <laughs> I, was kind I was gonna of say, is
0: roadblock there at all? Does he rhyme? Does he <laughs> I don't. Rhyme? Is this, is there still a roadblock?
1: Wasn't there some sort of problem? There was a pro- yeah, no, there was a roadblock. He was in the most recent movie. It was The Rock. Oh, okay, uh, there was a bit of a rights issue at one point. They changed his name, but
0: he was in the most recent Joe. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he does he he has no patience for that snake. <laughs> Uh, at least when when traveling without a jacket through the Arctic. Seriously, All
1: Star Western Twenty Six. Now, I, I I guess I'm the only one still reading this, right? I he's read in
0: this. the future,
2: or
1: he's in the past, he's in the present. But what was okay. interesting was this was the issue, uh, the second part of the uh, d- demons in Burning Man story, uh, where. But in, what was cool about this was that Jonah Hex is infected with the Black Mercy, uh, space flowers, which you may recall from. For the man who has everything, the Alan Moore story where Superman was infected with that. It makes you see your, you know, fantasy, and what Jonah Hex sees, which I thought was fun because it was sort of a throwback to the old series. Was uh, pregnant Lula Black and their marriage, and I thought that was a great. Sequence, oh, cool! But they, they
0: get to kill lots of people at the wedding.
1: Yeah, so the, at their wedding, they they go <laughs> get married. and They end up killing everyone, including the preacher. Um, and and uh, I thought that was fun. I mean, you have to you have to really understand this is a different book. I mean, it ends with Joan Hex going to Metropolis and running into Superman. So, but I like it that. It's a first, very different book. I like that first sequence. I missed a little black. Uh, she's walking around pregnant, belly sticking out of her stomach, and, she, you know, still still catching bad guys. That's good. I yeah. did like the way John Constantine got rid of the Black Mercy just by like kicking it through his back. Or... It's
0: not, I'll be honest, it was not the best John Constantine. <laughs> I was like, why does he sound like it's okay? It's not mine anyway. It's fine. You say so, bloody alive. Just let it go. And then they kicked some hippies out of a tent. And they go have sex in that tent. Yeah. Well, obviously. Why else would you need a tent immediately? <laughs> Jonah Hex and John Constantine? Or? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Again. And then Superman shows up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Superman was there. He's like, so. Do you, <laughs> guys, do you guys need to forget? Is anyone looking to forget? Um,
0: <laughs> it's, like, it's like. Man, woman, point. I don't
1: care. Anyone. Just anyone need to forget anything. I'm here for you. All right, Rocket, Rocket Girl 3. Am I still the only one reading this book? Yes. Yes. Image Comics. Paul, you don't like it?
2: I'm going to read it and trade it.
1: Oh, jerk. Because I right. missed the first one. I do all that anyway. Um, what I really wanted to mention was that uh, I think Amy Reeder's work is quite wonderful. And I think that she brings a lot of style to this book. I mean, it's a fairly standard sort of science fiction person on a time story. But it's a lot of fun. And they get to play with the 80s New Yorks. You know, concepts, but, um, like, there's just a wonderful panel in here. There's a scene where the main character is being interrogated by the police, and, you know, the, the cop goes out of the room for a minute and they hear a crash and they come back and they see that the little interrogation window's been broken. So I think she's escaped through that. But there's a, you turn the page and she's actually underneath the interrogation table, like, clinging to the underside of it. And it's just this great under, under angle that you never really see in comics that, um, it was really dynamic. It goes across the two pages and, uh, I just think Amy Reader is a wonderful artist. And I think more people should check it out. And I think it's funny that the um, cops are in the future are all teenagers because in the future you can't trust anybody over 30. I like that. So they've got like peach fuzz mustaches and stuff. But, um, I just really think it's really fun. It's a great science fiction story if you're looking for that. So those are the books. Those are actually almost all, those are all but one book I read this week. The only book we didn't talk about was uh, Tom Strong.
2: And now we talked about it. There you
1: go. So uh, you can do nothing. You're out of luck, uh, Paul. Yeah,
2: we're a little rusty. <laughs>
1: First showbacks always a little rusty. All right. Paul. Uh, last week, what was it? Last week or the week before?
2: It was sometime in December. Sometime in um,
1: December, Lock and Key ended. So Lock and, and Key
2: loved- Alpha Number Two. Talk um, about that. Yeah, and people were like, "Are you guys going to talk about Lock and Keys?" Like, I know you're taking a break, but like could you do a podcast just about locking key? I was whoa, whoa whoa, calm down. We need vacation too. Calm down, sports fans. Um so I was like, we'll talk about it. And luckily <laughs> I said we'd talk about it because that gives us something to talk about this week. Um so this is this is the very end of Locking Key, at least for the story of Key House and the Lock family. You can and Paul that yeah. I
1: I am two trades behind in this, so
2: okay. Yeah, people told me not to spoil it, so even though we have a spoiler warning, I'm going to try to not say any proper nouns or adjectives or anything. Um, this was this uh, when last we spoke about Lock and Key. Um, I guess Lock and Key Alpha Number One. Um, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it because it felt like it was a it was a, a big rush to get to the end and tie up the plot and there were a lot of characters um you know moving around the board and trying to rush them to a not just a conc- not just a logical conclusion but an emotional conclusion because this is a book that has been very heavy at times and it's about loss and um uh, first love and, and a lot of things like that and a lot of those characters um I felt deserved a little bit more time to come to their to their uh, conclusion and this felt like it was very therapeutic this one it starts with a funeral um but it doesn't quite go that way in the end so i'm trying not to spoil it so did you find i mean do you find it as fascinating i'm
1: not fascinating a satisfying wrapped up wrap up to i mean you love this book i i I love this book too i just read it in card cover trades and Mm -hmm. and behind a bit but do you find it satisfying i know you felt Either, either from talking on the show or just amongst ourselves, it was you felt like it was rushing a bit towards the end.
2: It was, it, I, yeah, I did feel it was rushing a bit towards the end. But this issue, I think, is really important in terms of saying where everybody is. It's not, it's not exactly like the end of Six Feet Under or anything like that, and completely <laughs> placing everything. Yeah, it's okay, Josh, and completely oh. placing everybody. And but this is a, it's a really good denouement, and it's actually. Um, I wasn't you know, I didn't get misty or anything, but it is in like an emotionally satisfying conclusion for all of the characters. Um and I think there were a few people who who commented that they had the same sort of frustration with that last issue. Um I think they'll probably um really appreciate this this issue and, and where it puts the characters and um, you know, putting the putting all you know, dotting all the T's and, you know, crossing all the I's and everything. So um I was I was happy with it. Um and I'm looking forward to going back and reading it all from the beginning because in the beginning I read them in collections. I think I read the first two in collections and that caught me up to the issues. Mm-hmm. Um and just the sort of sporadic way it came out, um I think it'll it'll read much better uh in collections and I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I and I you know, I think as as impressive as the series got, I think some of those first few trades are uh, the strongest work because that's when the story was small and yeah.
1: i I, feel, I felt like for me again i'm behind is that it started to get a little unwieldy yeah um i did like it best when it was a small examination of this family and the demon that tormenting them but then it became like a big big thing of all these different demons and i started to sort of lose the thread a little bit but i still really enjoy it. i think that joe hill's a really great comic book writer yeah and there's he, really, a, he understands the medium really well
2: yeah there's a lot there's a lot of mythology towards the end and that's sort of a lot to come to terms with but those first and i'm not saying it is bad it's just it's the first few collections maybe the first three um are really contained and um you, you know um that first story was like were able to do it in the pilot of that TV show that never got off the ground but mm-hmm. it was a really successful adaptation that's that's how sort of tight that first arc was yes yes um, I think it's like the third volume even in the second volume they start doing really experimental things Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez the artist um, with what you can do with an issue like there's one issue where it's like all splash pages and yes. it's a it's a big uh, you know knockdown kind of fight. Um, almost like a kaiju battle because they're they're big, larger than life size characters. Um, other issues with the with the birds, I always remember. I don't remember the issue number. Uh, the calendar issue. Um, just really experimental, ambitious stuff, and I really admired that. Um, and then they, at, at, but then you get to a point where you have to say, like, I've got all this mythology now, I have to bring it to its logical conclusion, and. A lot of that was satisfying. Some of it was a little bit. Well, I don't know if I think they might have bit off a little bit more than they could chew, um, and they even had to add extra issues to the mm-hmm. end of this run to actually accomplish it. But um, if it had just ended with that last issue, I would have been pretty disappointed. But this this little coda, um, I think, was was pretty satisfying.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, I thought it's one of the, been one of the better books the last
0: five years or so. However long it's been, mm-hmm. I like that it was uh, it was good like that but it was also sort of i don't want to say out of the mainstream because it's pretty much a mainstream comic but it's it's off the is it sort of standard i don't know i mean you know in a way joe hill's more more mainstream mainstream than than a lot of comics sure so in that it's just it's a different it was a different uh track for a comic book i suppose uh-huh. I feel like it had a different, a slightly different kind of fan base. It had, it, you know, was released differently. It, it was, it's a horror book. So I like that. It's all also, those things.
2: it's a, it's a, a, multi, a sort of multi-generational family story. I mean, you've got, you know, spoilers for the first arc, first issue, really dad dies and it's, it's down to mom and uh, you know, two boys and a girl and their uncle um, re- relocating I... into this family house. And, it's cool that it's, it's, I mean, it, I think, I think that's always been the strongest part
1: of it. It's been that family dynamic. It leans to
2: the kids, but you know, it, there are some really heavy, really important stories with the mom coping with the loss of, of, uh, of her husband and um, trying to hold the family together and, and her alcoholism. Yeah. I was really, I I was really kind of put it back by some of that. I was really surprised. Like I didn't expect it to go that dark. Um, like demons are hardly the, you know, like yes. fairy world demons are not are hardly the worst thing that you can encounter in in this world. Um, there's far worse. I things. suppose it, it's just it, it it was its own thing. It's own thing. Sort of like yeah. sort of like Hellboy, really. Yeah. Just it had its
0: had its own thing going on, and, and it, made it sort of made its own path. They've I like.
2: talked about doing more stuff in this world, maybe not with these particular characters. Uh, I think there's plenty of room to do that because this was so focused on this family and this house, but there's obviously a larger world out there. Um, and I think in he he had a novel out last year. Joe Hill did um, Nosferatu, um, and it was the first book he'd done some some ambitious books before that, but it was the first novel where it showed he he can do the same crazy world building as his father Stephen King did, and and continues to do. And he tied in a lot of that stuff, um, and uh, you know, I think he could do a lot. And he's got that that Cape series that some other writers have written for uh, in IDW Comics. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Jason Ciaramella is yeah, mainly yeah, yeah. He, he does with.
2: he does some some really interesting world building, and I I would be very interested to see what they do with the Lock and Key world next if they want to do that. Hmm. Yeah. It's I I like
1: I'm looking forward to reading the rest of the trades, but I know you were saddened when it ended. It's I
0: have the fourth book, but I don't have the third book. It's just one of those things like I've not read. Also,
2: I I want to reread the first two. I lent them out to somebody, and I have no idea who, and I don't I don't know where they are. So, but I will that's, track that's them a down. Problem. That is a problem. But yeah. I'll get there.
1: Well, sad to see it go. Yeah, let's do a couple of audience thingies. Questions, comments, discussion topics? Okay. First is JM from Parts Unknown. JM says, For budgetary reasons, I am limiting myself for the time being to an annual Marvel Unlimited subscription. What I would like to do is read a book discussed in your podcast and listen to the podcast to what you guys thought and learn from your insights. Obviously, that isn't possible with newer episodes covering books not yet available on Marvel Unlimited. So, have you by chance or perhaps one of your listeners compiled a list of your older podcast cross-reference to Marvel books available on Marvel Unlimited? Just trying to save myself the effort of trial and error of going through all the podcast notes and looking it up on Marvel Unlimited. If not, I will try to build this sh- and share this list with you if you're interested. And we have definitely not done that. But I think that would be awesome if somebody did do that.
2: I, I like to think of that episode of Frasier where he's missing a tape of one of his broadcasts. And he like puts out the call to his listeners to try and right. find if anybody has a, a recording. And he, he discovers this. Uh, it's Adam Arkin who is like a super fan and has like recordings of everything he's ever said out loud in his house. And, you know, you pull back a curtain and there's just like a big mural of Fraser heads. And I think that we're charming enough that there's someone out there who does that for us. I feel like, I mean, there's a way that you can organize it or do whatever, but I feel like
0: it's all, you could theoretically just Google. I fanboy pick of the week podcast issue. And number, and it's going to take you right to a page with a timestamp and a player right there.
2: Yeah, theoretically. I mean, it's all in the show
0: notes and yeah. But he won't know. He won't know.
1: He he won't know if we're if we talk about a book. He's going to read. You know what I mean? Like before he reads it, he's not going to know if we talk about it or not. I see what you're saying. So some crazy person, and by crazy, I mean it in the best possible way. Devoted is going to have to make a make a chart, and I love charts. Uh, with with he the cross referencing, what's available versus what we talk about, which cause it's most most things are available, aren't they? So it's probably easier just to make a chart of what Marvel books we have talked about, and then go off that.
2: Kind of, that's sort of what you'd have to do. Like just check out what we're talking about, and you can also find it, trends in the in the in the books that we talk about. You like there do are it books by, we talk about multiple times.
0: Well, yeah, and you could do it by. Um, uh, like if you're talking about Marvel, that stuff was all sort of framed by events, so you could do the 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 Seager Invasion era, we could do the the whatever the thing that was that came after that, uh, the Siege. Yeah. Us, if
1: someone does do it, let us know so we can we can tell JM and anyone else. Interested. But
2: if you're if you're gonna go back, things that we've talked about a lot, like uh, Uncanny X Men and All New X Men, um, Daredevil, we talked about a lot. Thor, we talked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah, well, not this week. Did you? I didn't read any Marvel books this week. I didn't either. I read. I, I read. Yeah, I read um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy and New Avengers.
0: But basically, he's he's undergoing the same thing that everybody else is. They'll read a book and they they think, oh, I, I wonder if they'll talk about it, and then they get mad at us when we don't. With the classic line, "No love for blank," right? Which I actually don't see that much anymore. But no, I don't I see that. Much. No. Yeah, I think so.
1: I think the easiest way to do is to make a list of what we have talked about and work off that list. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a voicemail. Hi, it's Paul Hicks from Australia here. I just have a question. Do you guys, uh, you're always reading new comics. Do you get to reread your comics that you love? Do you find time to revisit something you've really enjoyed? Or is it something that's uh, pretty hard to do? And if you are trying to reread something, what are you trying to reread at the moment? Thanks. So this is a perfect question. To Answer the day we're back from a two week vacation. A day I'm sure I mean, a vacation I'm sure full of many free hours in which to reread old comics. Um, Paul, did you do any rereading over vacation? Did I do any rereading? No, Paul, do you do any rereading in general? No, well, Josh, you did you reread any comics over vacation?
2: I have a, a
1: three year old. <laughs> did you do any rereading in general? No, right. I, I, you, I, I. I used to we used to do a lot. I think I think the deeper we got into the, into covering comics, the, the more new material we, we take in, which means the less rereading. I don't do ever reread, although I do find myself often leafing through old books.
0: There are there are there are books. I, I remember uh, when when we did the um, we did the Dark Knight Strikes Again. Yeah. A uh, podcast not too many months ago. Was it? It was not all. OK. I, and I I got to reread uh, that, which has been the first time in a while that I would sort of pulled out my Absolute Dark Night book. Yeah. I remember maybe a year ago, God, it might have been more. I, re- I reread the New Frontier. Like, there's a bunch of things that I I like to I do like to reread. I like I eyeball Preacher all the time. You know just, what? You know what happened? That. I just re- okay. thought of it. The reason we don't reread anymore is we used to reread
1: a lot for the video show. Yeah, we used to reread yeah. all the time for the video the video show. Now since we don't do that anymore. There's not an impetus because we that show usually covered evergreen topics
0: which featured older comics. So we can were, I,
1: I was constantly rereading for that show.
0: Can I tell you, like, like, like an eye into I think the problem with it for me, my life, the way that media works is that when I'm in a position to re experience something, uh, I tend to watch uh, TV series because I can kind of put those on while I'm working mm-hmm. and I can't do that. Like, like, I have very little um, time that I can devote to just reading. And, and all of that tends to go into reading whatever the new releases are in a given week. And that kind of uses up that free time. I had um, a
1: whole plan for this break. I had a stack of trades at the nightstand and I didn't touch a single one. I ended up getting um, sucked into the Bob Spitz Beatles books the whole time and not reading anything else. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, want, you want to
0: talk to... about rereading. I've been reading Godland, or, or not Godland, Super Gods for like a year and a half. <laughs> I'm a, count as rereading uh, if you're just really slow yeah i mean like i'm i'm, I'm at like 300 something i'm i'm almost done oddly enough the two books that i've gotten through most recently are both about those tv shows and i said i was re-watching I and mean, that's probably why i'm rewatching them to begin with Yeah, right i just finished the sopranos again and i'm going to point out i love the ending now oh i love I, the ending too i i kind of liked it then but now this time i love it
1: well if you want to get into rereading tv shows which is what we're doing um my brother, who stubbornly refused to watch Game of Thrones, this, they my family visited California for Christmas and we basically forced him, uh, Clockwork Orange style, to watch the first season. So this whole week we were watching, rewatching season one, and it's all oh, so good.
0: I I remember I rewatched that. I watched Game of Thrones like six or seven times.
1: the yeah. first season.
0: Yeah, that was a problem.
1: And I saw so much – I hadn't re rewatched it in a while and I saw so much that I'd missed the first time or just didn't know about because it was revealed later or characters that showed up early I hadn't forgotten about that you didn't see again till later. Yeah. Uh, really, really good first season. I,
0: I really like – there's really not a ton of comic books that are good for rereading. I, I, I mean there, I guess there are but like there's certain ones – like well, there's, there's classics. Other, the classics There are. But there are a handful of them that I really get a lot out of. Um, I think when we used to do that, like when we re- I reread Starman for the third time or something like that when all those Am- omnibus came out. Or when I've reread uh, Sandman, that's a really good one for that. Or 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 Preacher, but I mean, like at this point, like I'd sit. The, when we do the show, I sit here and I stare at my shelves the entire time. Yeah, and I'm looking at these books, and they it makes me anxious <laughs> because I just think, when when is this when is this supposed to happen? <laughs> Why do I even have these? I can't. It it really it bothers me deeply, and and it's one of those things where I kind of had to let it go. Yeah, because it 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 bugs me. Like I'm looking at stuff that I really liked. You know, but like I'm, I'm looking at this that beautiful hardcover copy of Local by Brian Wood and yeah. and uh, uh, Ryan Ryan Kelly. Uh, Kelly. I'm never going to reread that. I'm not. Like I, I, I just know it effectively.
1: But what I'm if, looking at it. to you keep break that book. Your legs you're
0: stuck in your bed. I guess, but there's other books in reach too that I would probably read first. Right. I guess a thing could happen like that, but even so, I mean, shit, I, I can pick up an iPad at any point, and there's a billion things on there too. Like it's – I honestly think that like we're suffering from too much choice. And if you're a person who, you know, you have limited spare time for whatever reason, whether it's your job or your family or, or your other your other hobbies, you know, I, in the summer or whatever, if it's nice out, I'm going to go ride my bike instead of reading a book
1: yeah.
0: because – Because you want to die. I don't want to die. You have a death wish. Yeah. I just felt – my hand is almost healed.
1: Well, you mentioned Sandman in the Absolute or edition. That leads to the next question from Benjamin K. He says, I'm just wondering if when a series is available in both Absolute and Omnibus edition, you all prefer one version over the other. Specifically, I'm talking looking at getting a hardcover collection of Sandman. and was curious if either of these formats generally stands out as being superior to the other. And I think that Sandman is the only series that does both formats. Because Absolutes tend oh. to be... Yeah. Because there's the, first of all, DC doesn't do, has not done very many omnibus. In, I didn't realize they had done that. Yeah, there's the Flash, Jeff Johns, there's the uh Wolfman Perez, Teen Titans, there's the uh Johns JSA coming out next month, there's Animal Man, they did Animal Man and and 50. I just got that, so there's not many they're doing Justice
2: or JSA, yeah, next year, so uh,
1: this year, and, they, and they're doing a Sandman one. Which they did a Sandman absolute. Absolutes tend to be more self-contained. So there's
2: the only really choice you've
1: got in this in this particular uh, dilemma is Sandman, and I would say go for the Omnibus.
0: I would say go for the Omnibus
1: because I think I think when you're talking about a longer series, I think it's better. I mean, I think that you know, well, that's just my
0: personal. Uh, no, I'm gonna on this series. If we're talking about Sandman specifically, mm-hmm. I feel a reading the Omnibus is awkward. Yeah. It's huge. It's, well, they're it's not they're un-team. not they're not like
1: Marvel sized omnibus. What do you say okay. about those giant ones? They are like They're are they like, like the Sandman ones? Yes. Okay. They're shorter. They put out one or two big ones. I mean, the 52 ones big, but the
0: uh If you They're love, not as big as though. If you love the Sandman like it's your like it, it's your series, it's your thing, then I would get it. Absolute. As as an absolute. If you like it and you just want to have it all, I would go omnibus. So it really depends on how you feel because it's a nice treatment. Those 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 omnibus are, are the it's abs- getting confusing. The absolutes are really nice, and then the the Sandman absolutes are are exceptionally nice. Right. Um, so if it's like a special thing to you, I would go for that. You're gonna you're gonna spend a lot more money going that way. So make sure that's also make sure they're all available because you don't want to go through that and find out you can't get two anywhere.
1: Right. And uh Starman, those are an omnibus too. Yeah, that's. The they're list. they're all about that size. They're I bigs. think
2: the sweet spot is the deluxe hardcover, like what they have with Wild Last Man, like where it's like sort of like two trades worth in a hardcover. It's uh, oversized. It's not. I like. I like the Starman on the Star West or the the the
0: BPRD ones.
1: Yeah, those are a little bit bigger.
0: Not I three, think those are good.
1: Three trades worth. Something like that. Either way, I think I don't think Sandman goes out of print because it's it's a moneymaker.
0: Yeah, but maybe like that version of it will. I don't think, I don't
1: think what about they, the I think annotated
2: Sandman? Isn't that... That's a thing, too. There's don't a lot of that. things. Not, don't do that. Let's do another
1: that's voice. There's too ma- much. There's too voice. much. Another voicemail. All right. Hey, guys. This is Jay from Virginia. I wanted to bounce something off you concerning this year's Marvel movies. I was highly disappointed walking out of both Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World because there were too few nods and hooks to the Avengers movie storyline got very used to the appearance of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in the Phase 1 flicks and was hoping to see the same steady drumbeat stringing the Phase 2 flicks from the end of Avengers 1 to the beginning of Avengers 2. While I enjoyed the Thor sequel otherwise, I almost only go to the Iron Man shows to see these nods to the Avengers storyline. I'm wondering if you guys feel the same or if I need to brace myself for more Nolan-esque solo hero as an island style movies for the next year. I'm really looking forward to Cap 2 as it appears that it will not disappoint in that area. Keep up the great work. Love the show. This is a tricky one. I think there's a lot of things going on here. Um, Number one, I mean, I guess you could listen to our shows and you'd know if we agreed with you because we would have mentioned that in the the special shows we did for each of those movies. But um, I I think for me, I think we've loved all these movies, but I think when you've listened to what we talked about or written about when we used to do the written reviews, we always disliked when the movies felt like they were just moving the story along. When they weren't their own thing, I remember third we talked act about that. Of the first Captain America. Yeah, we movie. talked about it with Captain America, especially. It felt just like a, a getting from point A to point B and not telling its own thing at the, the end of it. Um, and for me, I think the, the strongest thing Marvel did, and one of the reasons why the only thing I didn't like about Iron Man three, which I loved, was you know let the movie itself tell its own story and then do the do the universe thing in the cr- in the credits. Just do do it that way. That way, it doesn't the movie doesn't feel like it's just beholden to another thing. And Iron Man 3 didn't do that, which is why I was disappointed in that credit sequence in an otherwise excellent film.
0: The thing was – the thing is, I mean, it's really like a choice. I mean, I I think the caller is asking for – Jay's asking for all all or nothing really. And it sounds like you can get a little of each in each one, but they're not always going to be the same thing like comic books. One of the things that I think that has been amazing with what Marvel has done is that they really have, with much more extent than I ever thought possible, created a universe of interconnected things. That mimics the way that comic books are, mm-hmm. that go from one thing to the other, which is cool. Until
2: but it falls uh, apart. But like right, comics.
0: exactly. And there's there's a there's a line where like eventually they can't. I don't I don't think they can keep it up that way. And also from a sales standpoint, that's a difficult sell over and over. Uh, especially it's not necessar- movies are so I mean, far apart.
1: It's not necessarily. I mean, they're basically changing Hollywood. Everyone's not going to try to do it's the connected universe thing. But what's really bizarre about Jay's call is. Iron Man three dealt directly with the events of the Avengers movie,
0: and yes, did. so did Thor. I mean, he just wanted Clark Gregg to show up more.
2: Well, it, I guess he's saying that they're not pushing forward towards Avengers two. It's like their reactions to Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah, but but I mean, comic books are like that too.
0: Yeah, you know, well, some But are, what they are, are doing. Well, let's
2: let's look at what they are doing, and it's not so much in Iron Man three, or not at all in Iron Man three, but in in Thor: The Dark World. The new interconnectedness is about the Infinity Gems, right? Which is you know the weird thing that they're tying it into Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's the new way they're connecting the films.
0: Well, the, the the balance has to be. There's a couple of things that they can do. They can go this movie stands on its own. They can do this movie stands with itself in the series of this movies, or like Iron Man two, Iron Man one, or this movie stands with all of them. Right? You know, and like they kind of have to make those. You know, each creative team on that, whoever the director and the screenwriter is, you know, they're they're tied into the Marvel Central, but they're going to make different decisions on each one. So each is not going to deliver the same thing. I think they have
1: to be on their own. Otherwise, I mean, they have to tell their own story. See, the well, so. thing is,
2: from from Jay's call, it sounds like he well, he said he only wanted to see Iron Man three because of the, any connections there might be between Avengers and Avengers two and any of the other movies um it doesn't seem like he he values but the Avengers Iron 2 Man. is a
1: year and a half away
2: yeah it but it doesn't seem like he he values uh, Iron Man adventure in, which is fine to each his own um but i think the connection to avengers you can look at it as a strength but you can also look to it as like an albatross where um these movies have to work on their own and uh, they have to make a make a case for themselves make a case for their being still being Solo superhero movies that aren't just Avengers team ups um, yeah. because everyone's like, well, wh- how, how do you follow up the Avengers? And that must have been a huge problem for the screenwriters trying to think of how are we going to do a story that touches on it a little bit because we know that that's fan service that the audience wants. But also we want to distance ourselves a little bit and say, hey, Thor can still have cool adventures on his own and we don't need all this other stuff. So they're probably well, I mean, trying to distance a little bit from the shield stuff, and also because shield has its own TV show, so that stuff's all there.
0: Yeah, they've already they've already set up and sold that property, so now it's got to go on its own. Although it's been very at,
1: heavily featured in Captain America, but that's more sure.
0: But but if you look at if you look at um, you know, like the, just say in the comics, look at the Thor series that Jason Aaron has done. Like that was completely removed from everything, and that's why we liked it. Right? Yeah so i really Yeah,
1: i like i like like the film to exist on its own and then move the universe forward in that one scene because that's what seemed to work well for them in the before the avengers movie came out piecemeal right
0: there's there's ways to put that in there and and, and, because that one scene
1: doesn't affect the rest of the film you can have your own film and then you know in the background which is the credit sequence move you know get towards avengers but you know, I don't want a whole movie that's pointing towards something because then you do That's what house. Iron Man
2: two. That's what Iron Man two is. It's a it's a whole movie in service to another bigger movie, and that got in the way of telling that movie's story. Is it? It's entirely, you know, the meddling of all that Shield stuff. It just got in the and way of everything, bad. and it was bad. It, yeah. But I th- see. So, so, Connor, what do you think? Like Thor, I thought that's. I feel like that's how they should do it.
1: Thor was wonderful.
2: It's a it's a great it's a great movie on its own, and you have uh, you know they mention Shield, you know, so that stuff's yeah, still I mean, there, had, still in that I world. They mention the Avengers,
1: Loki. Obviously, they dealt with the whole thing. He was he tried to blow up New York. I mean, right. they had enough tie-ins where it felt like part of the whole, but it exists completely on its own. And then the credit sequence pointed towards Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's the way. I, that's
0: the template for it. What more do you want, Jay? <laughs> Look at the embarrassment of riches you have right now. And try to appreciate that part is what I would say. And I, think, I, you know, like I know you like what you like or whatever. I, I didn't, you know, I don't like some of the stuff and whatever. But I mean, I mean, yeah, you've got it pretty good in right. terms of of, of if look, look where we are now and imagine that when Iron Man one came out, it was it two thousand eight. Yeah. So six years ago, not even, uh, you know who who would have imagined that this much stuff would be going on? You know, you got to give and take a little bit. I think. And, I, you know, you, you can like what you like. That's totally fine. But but if, if you look at it sort of fr- from a whole, you know, it's pretty good.
2: I'm going to frame it this way. I hope that, that S.H.I.E.L.D. improves and gets to be a little bit more cohesive. And then Jay will have that to enjoy. Um, He's, he's going to get a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. action
1: in, in the cat movie. Yeah, especially. that's, yeah. I and mean, the other I thing is those... they're not going to be able to attract quality filmmakers if all they're going to do is say, here, make a movie that gets to our next Joss Whedon movie. They're not
0: going to get those people.
2: And that gets dangerous, too. Because then somebody's going to screw it up, you know. Well, oh, yeah, but then you got uh, film no prizes.
0: Can you imagine what? that I mean, they're going to be at the point where it's going to be like. Well, that's. I mean, this is. We're basically at early Marvel territory right now. We're in
1: '60s Marvel, where there's only a couple of mo- properties. They all work together because there's only a few of them. But as we get to our Netflix shows and our Doctor Strange movies and whatever else happens, you know, you can't keep that central narrative. You know, pretty pristine when you've got so many different. How
2: about about this? Here's this is what I would like. Okay, so I would say in lieu of the shield interconnectedness, I think it would be cool to have team up movies. So have like a like a Thor and Captain America movie or something like that. It doesn't have to be a whole big Avengers thing. You could have movies where it's you know just. Who doesn't want to see Science Bros? Exactly. I think that I think that's the the sweet spot. Which should be the title of the movie? Should be Science Bros. Actually, technically, they did an animated thing in december and didn't review Peggy well. carter adventures
1: so thank you everyone who called in you can and wrote in you can write us at contact.ifanboy.com and 888 fanboys 3262697 keep those emails and questions coming in they're always a lot of fun to do on the show so let's uh paul you got some things to plug plug oh, some gosh.
2: okay so book explode coming up we're going to have some booksplode episodes uh special guest scotty young we're going to be talking about akira So sometime during this month, we're going to talk about Akira Volumes 1 and 2. There are six volumes. So each month, we're going to talk about two volumes. So it's two volumes per episode. So your homework for this month is to read Akira volume 1 and 2. And then we'll go from there. We'll probably talk about the movie somewhere in there. But um, what else? What else is going on? Uh, CBR, I'm doing some writing. Uh, The last time we talked, I had just started that. And I spoke to Greg Rucca about the science behind Lazarus. Since then, I've talked to Scotty Young talking about Christmas specials and pizza and how his son won't eat pizza and how we're concerned about that. Uh, we also talked to Mitch Jarreds, talked about the authentic authenticity Jared's. in military shooters. What? Jared's? Jared's No it's not.
0: Yeah. It is.
2: It's Jared's is how I say it. It's, it's not. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> I know this that now, specifically so plus in the interview Jared's. with Jeff okay.
0: Parker on the video show. Okay. It was so, a whole thing.
2: Talk about military shoes. Pronounce
0: Mitch, H- Mitch Home Fries.
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it? No, it's not. Uh, and then the one that's going to be up today as you're downloading this is Jeff Parker. And we talk about Jaws and the Ocean and the Natalie Wood murder case. And a whole bunch of crazy things. So it's just it's conversations with writers and artists about things other than what they're working on. Sometimes we touch on that a little bit. Every Sunday. At, every, at comic, every Sunday.
1: ComicBookResources.com.
2: Go to comic Book Resources. yeah, and uh, noon Easter time on Sundays. Uh, so check that out. It should be on the top of the page Monday morning, too.
1: And we're going to have uh, soon a show about the first DC, new 52 animated ser- movie, aren't we? That's out soon.
2: Yeah. War. Justice League War. Justice League War.
1: We'll that, that soon. What's that right? going to be? What's that going to be?
2: That's the... the- the first jeff johns uh the first justice league arc arc. oh
1: yeah so find all of these shows at ifanboy.com where you can comment on this show you can go back and listen to the all media spectacular which paul and mike roma and i did which was tons of fun That that was a lot of fun Came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Check out, check that out if you haven't yet, and check out all In of terms those. Shows. Of
0: rereading, I'm about a third through that.
1: <laughs> check out just... all the shows that we've got coming up. that Paul just mentioned. And also follow the action at twitter.com slash iFanboy and facebook.com slash iFanboy. That's where you'll not only find all the links to the shows, but you will also find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out, so you're able to read along at home. You know, like we turn, we turn a little chime, we turn the page. That's how it works. Remember those books, Josh? Yeah, of course. Like a little, like little chime, and you have to turn the page? I remember You're that. With the record? Or with yeah, the tape? record, or
0: tape, either one. Record. I remember yeah. it as a tape. Yeah, well, of course you would.
2: Also, it's Fuzzy it's Typewriter weird. podcast talked about the last two Doctor Who specials, the 50th anniversary and the Christmas specials, so you can check that out, Fuzzy Typewriter.
0: Who? Listen, I don't want to offend anyone, but seriously, Paul, what's wrong
2: with Doctor Who fans? <laughs> it's hard to narrow down. <laughs> I'm a fair um, weather Doctor Who fan, I gotta say. But.
0: 2014, Josh is a
2: troll. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Josh, where can the emails and calls even though I just told them two minutes ago? Uh,
0: well, in case anyone forgot, it would be contact at ifanboy. That's, that's an email address. You'd put that in there, uh, ifanboy.com specifically. Or you can call 888Fanboys, which is 326 um, 2697. If you'd like to be hooked up with an inking job, we're probably not your people. Just letting you know. <laughs> Josh, you just reread the, the email address. See? You did some yeah. reading. It did. it's fine. I got through it. And you know what? It, it meant a lot more to me this time. <laughs> I saw stuff and I'd never seen before. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Like the T. Oh, it. contact. Oh, it's fine.
2: So as a uh, Mitch Gerrids would say, is that right?
0: As far as I understand it, now you've got me doubting it. If you <laughs> I I had that lock, if this kind of thing, That's tickle, the G is silent. It's Errids.
2: If this kind of thing tickles <laughs> your pickle, write us a review on iTunes or better yet. Tell your friends about us, introduce your mom to podcasts, Sweet spot would have been over the Christmas break. Told people about it. Yeah, evangelize then you blew it. Um, do you have any get-togethers on, on my Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Um, I guess I guess that's the next holiday. Yes, Valentine's Day. It seems get it, seems it out there. Tasteful. It does.
0: This this Martin Luther King Day, try a new comic book podcast. Oh, I don't endorse that at all. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't get behind that. But Arbor Day, Groundhog Day, go, go for, for it. it. Yes. Okay the way to go. And, I guess we're done. Yeah, we're that done. is it for this week's show. Done. Thank so, you for listening. I think I think our resolution for the show should be to do better. Do better. Look, the show back's always rough. Yeah, especially when there are no books. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was four books. I opened
1: up the shipping list and I went, oh. <laughs> oh. I, was like, was this? I thought it was maybe they hadn't updated it. It was still the Christmas list. No. No. It was nothing.
2: I think it was a it was a chaotic show just coming back, but I think we're gonna come together like a band of brothers.
1: What is the opposite of senioritis? First
0: Monday case of the Mondays. Yes. Case of the Mondays. Case of the
1: Mondays. All right. See you next week.